Hey, is this thing on? Can you motherfuckers hear me? This is uh, Ryan from Midnight Climax. So today's Friday, so that means we got another bonus episode for you guys. It's not like a regular occurrence or anything like that. We're just trying to get rid of some of our, I guess, practice run episodes before we like knew how to use any of the equipment and all that stuff. As you probably tell from just the audio quality, it's not as good as kind of like the standard we want. But um, for the most part, we had we had some fun with it. So this is kind of just a freebie for you guys, the same as last week. Uh, on Monday, we're probably just going to go back to our regular scheduled I guess good quality or better quality episodes in terms of like the audio and all that. Um, in terms of format, we have no fucking idea. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to be playing around with some stuff. We're taking suggestions. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to try to uh, send us some questions or some comments or some hot takes, whatever, just give us an email at themidnightclimax at uh, gmail.com. And we can try to uh, just make fun of you in the process. But otherwise, uh, just enjoy. Like I said, this is kind of just an extra one. So if, if, if you don't like the audio, that's okay. But otherwise, we're just, like I said, we're just fucking around. Take care, right? Look at those clouds up there. They're beautiful. And it's a perfect day for a drive. Oh, Trixie, please stop talking. I'm trying to figure something out. Oh. All right, we're back at it. Midnight Climax. I'm Ryan. I'm with Alex here right now, and we are dying. This is the longest quarantine-esque era in my lifetime. Months. It's been too Months. long. We're all cooped up. We're all fucked up. Um, we're pretty close to New York right now, but I haven't even been closer there in at least all this year, for sure. Uh, I know you've been a little bit closer, right, Alex? Yeah, I've been going back and forth to New York City. I've got my friends there, hang out there, and uh, drive back. You know, just uh, sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. I, I, I have no way, I have no good way to put that. There's no kind of lead-in to uh, fuck New York. It's <laughs> terrible right now. It's terrible everywhere, but New York, like, they start off in a fucking sardine can. Like, everyone's so close together. Yeah, high population. Everyone's breathing it. their own air. But, you know, got to do it. Got to make that money. Yeah. Anything cool happened in uh, New York lately? I don't know. I've been so out of the mix. We went to, uh, so yesterday I hung out with some friends and went to a beer garden. Mm -hmm. uh, little to no social distancing. Uh, the bouncer goes and says, oh, if you're going to walk around, you need to be wearing a mask. But just gotta, just nobody just was wearing a mask. Started groping each other, getting real close. Oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, the whole, it was my first time at like a bar. I mean, I wasn't drinking. I'm, I was, I'm doing 100 days, no alcohol. He's, he's doing his, you're doing the challenge. Yeah. Fucking, I am a... Arabian monk challenge. Just not going to drink. Didn't do any drinking. This is the first time you've been actively not sinning in your religion in, in a long time. When's, yeah, when's, this is the least sinful I've been. You haven't been fornicating. Yeah. You haven't been drinking. Yeah. You haven't been... Actually, never mind. I'm, I'm assuming you're doing other stuff to yourself. But, I mean, <laughs> you've, you've been pretty pretty good. I think the quarantine has made you a new man. You've found a lot. You've found a... I, 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 don't I do know. feel less sinful than I was. Slightly like, less. Slightly less, yeah. But, the uh, same amount of dirty, but less sinful. No, but yeah, like, it was uh, it was interesting, you know, going there, going to, like, what is a bar, which is just a beer garden outside, you know, not drinking, but... Uh, this fancy parking lot that we're all in. It's now. a fancy parking lot with tables. Yeah. But, you know, I just I just really miss the bar scene in New York. I miss, I miss the New York like, characters. Yeah, you know, like, you, you run into a lot of, like... Interesting people. Just the fucking weirdos. Those are my people. It was, it was one time. Uh, so my friend and I went to uh, this piano bar in New York City, mm -hmm. and uh, they play live. It's a really interesting bar. It's called uh, Uncle Charlie's, I think. That's got to be some type of anything with Uncle. I already assume it's some weird racist thing from like the forties. Uh, well, it was not a racist bar, but um, so he says have, on uh, record. They have a, a piano there. Alex is in and line with all their political views. It's really interesting that they get play. They, they have a professional piano player. You go up to them. And you say, hey, I want you to play this song, and they'll play the song, and it's like karaoke. Like What's your go-to karaoke. karaoke song? Uh, hmm. 
You've been to a bunch of karaoke bars, right? You're a big. I do. I do. You're a karaoke performer bars. now. But yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck I know. it. I like karaoke bars. Karaoke bars are great. Um, I enjoy. Uh, I like the live music one. Okay. But um. Oh, wait, didn't tell me your go to. What's your, what's your go to song? Hmm. Uh, you, there, there's country gotta be a, roads. Country roads. Country roads. It's very played out, but it's I always very forget. Like I don't see Alex too often, but I always forget how much of a basic bitch he is until I'm like, oh. I don't have a good range on my voice. Country roads is it's just about what I can do with my voice. That's one of those songs where you're trying to get like the group involved. Like, oh, you guys all know this one. Sing along with me. All the white people in the bar who are over the age of thirty taking full advantage. Get very happy taking full advantage. That and uh, yeah, it's great. You also sing fucking like brown eyed girl and like that's another, another journey song that gets white people. Oh yeah. Excited, yeah, gets the blood pumping. Yeah. All right. That's so, fine. So anyway, I was at this yeah, bar, and um, I remember it was me and my friend. We were uh, we're hanging out, we're having a drink, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're drinking, and then like we end up, uh, you know, some guy comes up to us and starts talking to us. He's, you've, uh, you've been solicited. We're, we're speaking to this guy. And he goes, <laughs> you know, hey, uh, you know, oh, what do you guys do? And we're just like, oh, you know, we do we we, we work around here. We work near the bar, and we ask him, well, what do you do? And he says, well. I'm a, I'm a podiatrist. I'm a foot doctor. Okay. So he's a doctor who works on feet. I like it. Yeah. So dude works on feet. Mm-hmm. We have a cool conversation. It's really interesting. I don't know. It's, we were like really half drunk at the time. I don't really remember, but I do remember. And you woke up with a pedicure, a full set of, <laughs> a, a full set of nails. The, the guy great. working on my feet. No. You're wearing flip-flops with a little, uh, <laughs> a little, little smiley sp- face little on my toes. There. Yeah. Painted. No, no. It's a great story. But uh, so the dude goes up to us. And he says, hey, uh, can I get you guys a drink? And then, you know, both of us with our empty, you know, beer glasses. You got to watch your drinks when the foot doctor comes around. And we say, yes, we would like a drink. Got to keep an eye on those. No open containers around him. So, dude goes to the bar. And it takes, like, so long. He's he's a while getting us a drink. We're just having a conversation. We almost forget about it. Mm -hmm. He comes back with a drink. Oh. And he sets one beer on the table. Is this during, like, the... Corona times, or is like a while you ago? Know, because you know, like, when you get you guys a drink, we assumed it was going to be, like, more than one Let drink. Let me get you guys a dog bowl so you can take turns lapping it up. But he literally meant a drink. Oh, man. Like, the foot doctors are stingy out here. A drink. Okay. So, like, the next time I go out, I'm going to be like, hey, ladies, can I can I get you guys a drink? <laughs> I did not specify you guys, each, each of you getting one alcohol. You guys all split this. I don't want you to get fat. <laughs> Here's <laughs> one watch those calories. Everyone, for all of you to share. Don't worry. I got four straws. Great. Imagine growing up and like wanting to be a foot doctor. Like I think you start off trying to be another doctor, and you're like, "Well, I failed all these tests except the foot one. Let me just follow this path. Let's see where it goes." It's just like you know, like there's certain professions where they're socially acceptable to want to be as a child in kindergarten. It's well, like, think about this. Think about this. The gynecologist. I'm sure that guy starts with like the best perspective. He's like, he's got a good heart. He's like, "Oh, I want to improve health for women. Maybe find a nice girl along the way." And you only see terrible, terrible vaginas. Shit in just bad shape. Well, they're not. Not it's got to turn you gay. Into it. They're, it's not getting, turn you gay. they're not getting into it to look at vaginas. I mean, like, there's a whole, like... <laughs> I'm getting into it to look at vaginas. I'm a <laughs> terrible human. They're there, they're there to, to, you know, bring babies into the world. That's it's a pretty badass thing. No, know? no, no. The female ones, they're like, okay, I want to help women's reproductive health. I want to go for it. But the dude gynecologist, like the Mr. Gyno, that's, that's got to be a... I mean, I'm not saying question his ethics, because he's, he's a doctor. He's doing great things. But your whole worldview of just what a woman is just got to be destroyed. Yeah, I, you've I, seen everything. You've seen like weird discharge and stuff coming out. You've seen terrible things. I mean, that's it's life, though. You know, I mean, like it's everyone's stuff, life. But you don't have to stuff, choose stuff. it. But if your job is the fucking vagina doctor, you 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 won't get like the good, bad, and the ugly. It's mostly the bad and the ugly. I I know I know a guy who works in obstetrics and gynecology, and he deals with uh, delivering babies. Can you imagine well. just being grossed out by it? Like you take off a girl's pants or whatever, and just like shuddering. Like, oh, 
Oh God, I thought. It was, okay, never yeah, mind. You know, you can't. Well, you, can't be a surgeon you have to have a good. You have to have a good, like, strong stomach. Nothing can go wrong. But what I want to know is that where? How do you go from like asking a little kid what he wants to be? He's like, oh, I want to be a firefighter, and uh, oh, because I like to save people, right? You want to be a firefighter? You want to save yeah. people? You want to be an astronaut? Firefighter, you want to go to space? Astronaut, cop. But why, what do you want to be a foot doctor for? Oh, because I love feet. I want to touch rough, feet for the rest of my life. There's no way you don't see that as like a sexual thing in some way, right? I mean, there's people with like a foot fetish, but foot doctors, like, yeah, I like to get up in there. I like to, I mean, I, I feel like I'm fairly healthy and got pretty good hygiene, but my feet are disgusting. Just, I got weird calluses from running. I got like a fucking toenail that was broken or something for a while. Like, my shit is fucked up. And I, I consider myself fairly healthy and hygienic. And that's like, I've, I've seen some things, man. I've seen some, like, there's no good scenario for a foot. There's no, yeah. they all look nasty to me. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know how to, how it gets to that point. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if you're a foot doctor, you know, good on you. Yeah. I mean, we need them. Yeah. So do you guys exchange numbers? Uh, uh, we follow each other on Instagram now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you put out, you could listen to this podcast potentially, if you think about it. Maybe he could. Because you put out stuff for the podcast on your Instagram. Yeah. If you're hearing this foot doctor, we love you. Uh, I don't think you're stingy at all. I think you're very generous in giving. Uh, you, I mean, I'm not saying I need a foot doctor, but I'll keep, I'll keep your, uh, Keep your name in mind, whoever you are. You know what, Doctor Foot? If I ever need, call him Doctor Foot now. If I ever need a foot doctor, you will be the man I turn to. Damn. All right. Well, if you're listening, Foot Doctor, Alex talks to Foot Doctors all the time. It's probably not about you. It's probably about another Foot Doctor. Hey, you're not the only one. Don't feel special. Some people have a foot fetish. Alex has specifically a Foot Doctor fetish. He's really into Foot Doctors. Yeah. It's gonna be really hard to date like that, though. You know, if somebody was specifically into foot doctors, I think they would definitely have I don't a hard want time. a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon. I want specifically a foot doctor. I want someone who could look at my feet and take care of my feet in old age. Well, no, I, I actually don't want that. But I want a plastic surgeon who can just turn me into a monster when, I, when I'm of age. I just want to... I, I want Dr. Frankenstein. I want so when crazy, I die, he can be invasive surgery. I want stuff that is not going to look good. Like, you know how there are these celebrities that try to get like their nose done or their cheek or chin or whatever done or their boobs and it comes off fake like oh my god why did they choose that no i want to actively go and be like yo fuck me up i want to look like a velociraptor whoops and we're back we had some technical difficulties in the background there's some type of spanish song playing so if you guys know it or what, what's that app shazam yeah shazam if you guys want to guess that tune we will be right back yeah my after neighbors the break. Are, are playing it very loud looks like. i mean i'm kind of feeling it i hope there's no copyright issues with the podcast having some weird spanish song on there but if you guys can hear it, that's that's, that's fine. But it's, it's it's so noticeable to us, I'd be surprised if it doesn't show up on the podcast. Yeah. But I think we're all right. I think we're all right. It's a little mood music, you know? It's, it puts me in a foot doctor uh, foot doctor kind of vibe, you know? That's how we're feeling. We're feeling yeah. real foot doctor So I was talking to one of my friends, and we are talking about, like, the first episode where... Now that I think about it, we're probably just going to release it, whatever. The whole first episode was just brainstorming and talking about names. So we've been calling ourselves Midnight Climax, and we kind of didn't really even touch on what Midnight Climax was. It was, like, an old... I think it was an FBI or CIA operation, but... Yeah, it was a whole CIA operation in the in the, in the the 50s. Basically, what happened was, uh, we're like, oh, that sounds like a great name for a podcast. It's, it's like, weird it's kind of government conspiracy shit. We'll get in there, but we never really kind of dive into what it was. If you want to start us off, Alex, we can uh, dig into a little... Wikipedia history right now. So yeah, we're on the Wikipedia page right now. So uh, basically, Midnight Climax uh, was an operation initially established in 1954 by Sidney Gottlieb and placed under the direction of the Federal Narcotics Bureau in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, they started this in Boston. Yeah, in Boston. With the officer, George Hunter White, under the pseudonym Morgan Hall for the CIA, blah, blah, blah. It was part of Project MK Ultra, if you know that one. What is that? Um, so it was a CIA mind control research program that began in the 50s, as per the Wikipedia page. Was that with the... Uh, the men who stare at goats thing was about 
It's LSD. They, they drug people with LSD to see if they could use LSD as a mind control agent. We're messing up. I mean, there's so many, like, FBI, CIA, whatever it was, just using just LSD and everything. Every experiment, I think they use it on, like, dolphins and stuff. They use it on, like, everybody. It's a vitamin, you know, vitamin LSD is good for you. I mean, I guess testing stuff was way different than it was now. And they just, well, you know, let's let the government do this. Let's not fuck something up. But, so this one, we said the uh, project started in... 1954, uh, which consisted of a web of CIA-run safe houses in San Francisco and in New York. It was established in order to study the effects of LSD on unconsenting individuals. So these people had no idea. They're just getting fucking dosed. Here we go. It says prostitutes on the CIA payroll were instructed to lure clients back to the safe houses where they're surreptitiously plied with a wide range of substances, including LSD, and monitored behind one-way glass. So you're having a nice trip in San Francisco. Um, it's the 50s. Not a lot going on. It's not as with less gay people probably out in the open now. It's probably just a regular city with a lot of trolleys. And I don't know. If, I've never been to San Francisco, but I heard there's a lot of hills there. You can see the sights. You can get some West Coast fish. And you're like, you know, I don't have a lot of friends out here. I need some female accompaniment. I need some... I need some gash, you know? I need some. I need that, that icky. So you go to a brothel or you meet a girl and she's like, hey, I got a great deal on some puss if you want some. And you're like, you know what? I would I would like to partake in some puss. So you go to San Francisco, whatever, and in, in the little whorehouse. And it's like, a, it's, I guess it's like a government run whorehouse where they're like studying you. So I'm assuming it's a lot cleaner than like a regular one or a lot dirtier. I don't know. Maybe government didn't have the money back then. And you're in there and there's one way glass. You're like, all right, there's a giant mirror in this room. Why is that? In there, she's like, "Oh, shut up! I'm gonna do stuff to you." So she pours you a glass of water, or she makes you a prostitute sandwich. I don't know how they fed people back then. And you had a little bite, you had a little sip, and boom, you were in it. Fucking LSD. What do you do? I don't know. I mean, you're probably real fucked up at that point. How do you explain that? Because like, you can't call the cops. You're like, "Oh, you're what happened? You didn't have a good time at the whorehouse?" You're like, "Well, I felt a little weird." I'm like, "All right, well, go to church, motherfucker." That's what they're gonna say. It's the 50s, so I mean, it's kind of the perfect crime because it's one of those things where like. You know, like, drug dealers can't really, like, tell on each other when they rob each other and stuff like that because the, the, the service is drugs, you know? They can't. It's part of the game. So when you go into a whorehouse, everything that happens after that is in question. Oh, yeah. And it says, you know, uh, he, uh, every one of these acts, I mean, as per the Wikipedia page, uh, is blatantly illegal. Uh, several significant operational techniques were developed in this theater, including extensive research into sexual blackmail, surveillance technology, and the possible use of mind-altering drugs in field operations. Perfect. So... Yeah, you know, people were getting, going to whorehouses and getting blackmailed by the CIA. So we're not talking about regular guys anymore. We're not talking about just a John. We're talking about dudes who could hold, like, political office. We're talking about, like, the Kennedys. We're talking about any any big political family, anyone who's, like, a big senator, a congressman. Everyone in California was fucked if they're going to San Francisco or New York or whatever to go to, like, oh, I'm just having a night out. Get away from the wife. Boom, you're on camera getting your... Well, I mean, yeah, Duck if, if you are, if you were a higher, you know, I guess if you were like a high level official or... Well, they're not going to blackmail like a fucking mail carrier or like a garbage man. We're talking about real, the real deal now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they actually blackmailed any of those people. I'm not sure what the, what the files say. I don't know. I think they got some big guys because, uh, so LSD was a big part of it. So there was, I mean, anytime there's any type of non-consenting or unknown dosing of anything, I mean, it's, it's, it's never a good thing. It's never like, oh, we gave you vitamins. Have you been feeling a little, little better? How's your immune system? Nope. They're going to fuck your shit up. So, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, when we're talking about the field of, like, some type of sexual blackmail or and videotaping sex encounters, I mean, I think, I don't want to play the whole conspiracy theorist, but I think, I mean, I don't know, I wouldn't say we're seeing a repeat of it, but we're still seeing people get in trouble for that type of shit. Like, I mean, the whole Epstein thing on the news, they just caught Ghislaine, G Ghislaine, I don't, see, you, you fucked me up the first episode. Ghislaine. I don't know her name. I think it's I think it's Ghislaine. You you, you had me on the Ghislaine train, and then we Ghislaine started going off with the weird tangents there. Ghislaine, Ghislaine, whatever, got, she got roped up in this now too. It says she's a big part of it. She's complicit in a lot of the stuff. 
they're trying to make sure she didn't kill herself because she's probably got a whole black book of names where, I mean, we're talking about people from both sides of the aisle, Democrats, Republicans, all I mean, that. It's like, it's the perfect blackmail operation. If, if the purpose was for blackmail, it's perfect because he's got all of these high level people. He's got a black book of them. Did you see the, was it uh, Filthy Rich on uh, Netflix when they're, when they're breaking down him? It's like, it's like a four part documentary of him. I didn't, I didn't. So they get into it. one of his houses and they're fucking like weird pornographic like paintings and stuff all over the wall whatever he's a weird rich guy that's fine he's got the massage table all that stuff he's, he's he's set up so and they look every single room in the house has a camera in it and there's a there's another room with it's just an office with like fucking computer monitors and stuff everywhere but all like the computers and all the hard drives and all the whatever the, they save shit on was ripped out like there's fucking wires just dangling somewhere so he beat them to the punch i don't know whether it's an hour before or a day before and he got in and took all the shit so he probably has stuff on everybody yeah i imagine i mean like, the treasure trove of documents republicans democrats everyone's taking pictures with this guy he's everywhere he's he's all his friends are billionaires or actors or athletes and stuff like that they, he, had, he was on a plane with like chris tucker from rush hour fucking kevin spacey like everybody wanted this dude i mean they all had to know what he was into i mean there's no there's no one who's just like his his friend from like the art world or his friend from the science world i mean yeah he had a lot of money but everyone's like oh yeah that's the fucking billionaire pimp that's the guy who's pimping out girls for i us. mean i mean i don't know how public he was i mean i didn't grow up in that time so i never really knew him i mean like they had I didn't uh, know him but i mean the, i don't know how popular he was or how um, it was like a prince of england what's that guy's name? prince prince something william uh, prince andrew or something? andrew prince andrew i don't know what i incriminate the wrong prince here yeah, yeah there, i mean different countries people in, in high standing and from everywhere from everywhere like the tech world the fucking political world everything so if, if this is a guy with cameras and one-way glass or all this stuff like he could be working for another agency he could work for a government he can just be like having the whole political world hostage i mean like by the balls what's it called you know well-connected rich people hang out with other well-connected rich people you know so i don't know if they knew exactly what he was doing but well I this mean, guy he didn't even need lsd it's not like men like climax thing. Cameras, if he had cameras all over his uh his penthouse, oh, or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure he's, he's seen I'm crazy sure he's things. Got, he's got, he's got shit on everybody. Yeah, I mean it's the it's Clintons, a common tactic. The Trumps, um, fucking the you know the Netflix documentary about the um, something uh the spy Cohen. Um, hmm? you know the Netflix documentary called The Spy. You know with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen plays uh another famous Cohen who was a spy, an Israeli spy uh, who infiltrated the Syrian Ministry of Defense uh during the the Cold War, mm -hmm. and this is before the it was before the Six-Day War, before the Israelis took the Golan Heights. Yeah. But um, the documentary mentions that uh, this guy, uh, I think it was Eli Cohen, yeah. Eli Cohen, the famous Israeli spy, uh, was uh, holding orgies in his house and uh, videotaping. Uh, what is it people. with, like, super powerful guys and, like, crazy sex stuff? Well, I mean, he did it as a way to, to blackmail people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all into it, though. It's, it's not uh, like they're like, oh, what, what is this? Like, they're not, like, turned off by it. I mean, there's so many people in power with just, like, crazy weird stuff. Because, I mean, I'm sure at that level you've... Had like regular sex with like every caliber of woman there was, like supermodels and actresses and stuff like that. I'm like, well, my shit doesn't really work anymore unless I do some weird stuff first. Like, they're bringing in like underage girls, they're bringing in like weird drugs and unconsenting shit and everything. Like, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> once you're like 70 years old and it's taking you a bunch of pills and stuff to get it up and weird shit going off, I mean, just hang up the towel. Just, just, just turn it just in. Retired. Get out of here. Nah, I mean like um. I'm not a psychologist. I'm sure there's probably like a psychological explanation for mm -hmm. why all these rich and powerful guys are into weird yeah, stuff. It's like super old dude. So just it's just like bad taste. Like every guy has a day when he has sex for the last time in his life, and none of them know what it is. Unless like some crazy shit happens, you have no idea. Like <laughs> you, you can meet a girl tomorrow and, and and bang one out, and then for whatever reason you get in some crazy accident where your dick falls off. You have no idea when the last day is. So these guys are just extending that date further and further until they're like 85 and they're injecting themselves full of Viagra. Like they're they're squeezing out the juice. One way or another, they're, they're, they're getting it out. I mean, it's not only that, but I mean, like, just 
how how heinous it is for these like oh yeah because to like go after young girls they've upped the ante so much like they can't even like handle a regular woman anymore they're like oh fuck we gotta <laughs> we, we gotta go crazy we gotta mix it up i you know one of the things that was interesting in the uh, documentary was they asked epstein if he was ever a victim of abuse mm -hmm. and he gets very uncomfortable when he get when he's asked that question if he was ever a victim of sexual abuse so maybe, yeah maybe it's like a, a vicious uh, circle of he like, was, sexual abuse. yeah i i have no idea no one's ever gonna know what that guy's head because he's uh he's fucking dead so we don't know i don't know oh yeah so the other thing about this whole midnight climax thing is i really when i read on it the first time I really like the idea of a prostitute having to fill out like a W two because now she's like a government employee, <laughs> so she's like fucking paying taxes. What was on... I'm wondering? What was the CIA, you know, saying is her actual job? Or they were probably just paying them in cash. It was like, oh, it's, really a, it's a it's a bakery. Mattress the cash. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not... put it, put this in your mattress. Tell you know? everyone you're a florist. And or banks probably didn't even ask questions back then. They'd be like, hey, you got cash, all right? You're, you put it in the well, bank. Well, how easy was fraud back before computers? Probably like super easy. You could just decide what the fuck you did for a living. Anything's all cash only. All right. Well, I mean, you'd be lucky if they even knew you had a job. Like I said, I just want to see one hooker fill out like a fucking W-2 and <laughs> have deductions and stuff and stuff. Like, well, I, I, I've been doing more anal lately, so I've been like, I, I want other factors. I want like tax loopholes for prostitutes. I want, <laughs> I, 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 what I'm saying is I want a hoe to get audited. Well, I don't know. I think, uh, so, so, so yeah, so when we were looking for ideas for the name for Midnight Climax, I'm like, I didn't really like it at first because it sounded kind of hacky and kind of corny, but it's, it's grown on me a lot just because of how ridiculous it is. And like I said, it has nothing to do with the actual show. We don't we don't do anything like that here. I mean, we could start, but that kind of changed the whole context. Of what I just thought it was a cool name, honestly. Yeah, Ooh, it's Midnight Climax. It's it's, like, it's it's a it's a fucking sci-fi something. It's, like it sounds crazy. Was, like if I was starting a band, I would name it that. Or if I was going to have an album for the band, that's also a good name for that. I don't know. It, it sounds a little bit like childish at the same time, but. What were we calling the first episode? Fucking action porno. We, we, we could just call the show action porno. That's fine too. Yeah, maybe right. Yeah, listen to my podcast, action porno. Um, we talk about neither. <laughs> we mostly make fun of the Olympics for fucking two episodes straight. We just cry. Yeah. Talk about our feelings and cry. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we th th that thing's kind of run its course for now. But I mean, it just I, I felt the need to give some context to this name that we're probably gonna ride into the ground for way too long. But I don't know. We can, we, we can mess around a little bit. We can play some games. Alex, give me top five organs. Go. Uh, hmm. I didn't mean to put you on the spot here and say the top five organs. Uh, I'd say uh, my liver. Your liver? My liver right. goes through a lot of abuse. All right, that's you fine. drink a lot. Yeah, liver's good. It one. regenerates, too. What kind of order? I mean, your skin regenerates, but come on, your liver? That's like an inside order that regenerates. This is premium stuff, folks. This is this is big. What, we got liver? 80% of it regenerates. I think up to 80%. Of your liver? Yeah. What are we doing to our liver? We we're, we're losing up to 80% of your liver. That's and nasty. Regenerate. That's nasty. Okay, okay. What's number four? Uh, hmm. It's your eyes. Eyes are pretty cool. These are very reserved answers. I need you to really you let me. You want me to say penis. You want me to say my dick. I mean, I wasn't begging for it, but you, it looked like you wanted I, to I say know, it. I know, I know you want me to say it. I know when penis is on your mind, so I, I felt like you were trying to say I, it and I you were think, holding yourself back. I think you were, you were thinking about me saying the word penis for some reason. Listen, man, it's none of my business, but if that's really your third favorite organ, I mean, go for it, man. Penis. Right. So that, that's good. That's good. No, no. It's, it's the eyes. The eyes. Let and, the record uh, state that penis is Alex's favorite thing. It, 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 it's really, it was three, now it's number one. Unless, unless you got some other substitutes. I don't know, right? I mean, I think you were, you were just really excited for me to say the word penis for some reason. We, we went along on the podcast like a while without saying penis, so I think we could we just pat ourselves on the back. We said the word, did we say the word dick at all in the entirety? I think, I don't even think we've ever said the word penis. I mean, I have the vocabulary of, 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 of an eight-year-old, so I probably said it sometime. We need to pull up the transcripts of this podcast to see if we've ever said the word we, penis. We need a stenographer. Like, <laughs> ma'am, when, when, did, when did we say penis? She's like, ah, oh, you said it uh, at minute 21 <laughs> of episode two. Oh, great, thanks, ma'am. That's what we need. We need, we, we need an intern. We, we, we need someone to get us coffee that I'm going to put on the table and not drink. 
think. Like we, we need a crew. We need we need the team behind Midnight Climax. Like th- think of it as we're we're the hookers in the operation, but we need people behind the mirror. You know, people behind the mirror watching us. I'm saying it like the, I'm saying it like the hookers were like running the show. They were not running the show. But either way, we need we need we need other people on the team. We need. You see, it was actually the prostitutes which were behind the CIA. Yeah, they they were pulling the strings. They were the real puppet masters. They 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 wanted government benefits for sucking dick the whole time. That's what they wanted. They're like, well, I've I've been I've been taking it in the butt for a while, but what I need is health insurance. And they're like, you know what? Fine, we'll get you the the government package. Here you go. I don't know. Well, that's a sound clip. I don't want to get out there. Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. Fuck you. I'm doing it. Uh, what were we doing last week? Movie pitches or something like that? I say last Movie week as if I don't remember it. Um, we're we're, we're going to mix it up. We're, we're, I need some inventions. I need some creative ideas from you. What's what's an invention that you're going to pitch to me right now? We're doing Shark Tank now. We're, I, I want... Wow. Your life is on the line. This is this is all... Well, you told me before you want you want to meet Bono so you can... Fuck you. You told me before you want to meet Bono so you can I wanna make, pitch an idea. I want to make a Stargate which will transport me to wherever Bono is. So I can ask him for money. <laughs> Just a Bono. <laughs> Just a Bono. It's a Stargate which pinpoints the exact it's, location it's of Bono. It's one way. Wherever he is, just goes to Bono. It only goes to Bono. Okay. I've been thinking about getting into the service industry. So to, for a little background, I used to uh, date a girl who had cats. And she was not allowed to have pets or whatever at her new apartment building. So she went online and registered them as like service animals. And it used to be, like, all right, it's got to be like a seeing eye dog or whatever. But now it's like, I have anxiety. I need these ferrets in my life. So <laughs> you can just put anything online. Some anti-anxiety ferrets. And like print out a fucking service animal thing. I was thinking about doing it for mine so I could save money on my lease for my apartment. But I'm like, that's a fucking, that's a great idea. So I'm like, what if we just had service animals for everything? So I'm thinking, all right, like, what's, a, what's a really mundane, stupid thing that service animals for? Like, all right, I want a dog for just night blindness. Like, oh, I can't see really well at nighttime. I need a dog. Who also can't really see well at nighttime. <laughs> He's also bad at it. Uh, what do you got? You got another service animal for me? I don't know. I mean, what about like a parrot? A, see, what, a seeing eye bird. Instead of a dog, it's just a bird. Yeah, yeah. like you just train a parrot to speak. Well, you can't put it on a leash. You'd probably like, snap his neck or something. Yeah, no, like you're just like you're like a pirate. You're using or like a bat using like echolocation to get you around. No, like a parrot. Like you're a pirate, and the parrot will go and like survey the area. Okay. Tell you tell you what's around. Okay. All right. Here's my second one. Service dogs for just color blindness. Like you're not really good with the color blue. And he's like, you know what? This dog. Also can't see the color blue. He's, he has no way of communicating. My dog is also colorblind, but now we're buddies. We're hanging out. It's more of like an empathy thing. Like colorblind is I can't dog. see green real well. He can't see green real well. That'd be great. Yeah, you know, you're in good company. Yeah. And then uh, my last one was just like a service dog for just racism. But I mean, that could be kind of bad. Like if you're a racist, I don't think you need a dog. <laughs> Maybe like a, a, a non-threatening dog. Because you, you can get real German Shepherd real fast if you're not going through the right way. Like, oh, well, listen, this guy's real racist. He needs a <laughs> this guy needs a dog. He needs a golden retriever to keep him grounded. <laughs> now, now is that to like to aid him in being racist, or is that to like balance out his racism? No, you know how they have like those like anxiety animals. Are we treating racism as a disability in this case? I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna get to that point eventually. Like politically, <laughs> like listen, I'm sorry, I'm just really racist. Like, <laughs> I, I I didn't see you when you're going around the curve, like the curve there. I had my blinker on, but listen, I, I can't help it. I'm just racist. So I <laughs> I knocked that kid off the bike. What can I say? <laughs> see some guy with a big Confederate flag on his truck just parking in a handicapped spot. <laughs> I, say that. I can see that now. I mean, he's just, a racist. <laughs> just sheer, sheer chromosome level alone. Like, yeah, I, I can put two and two together. Because, like, the whole racist thing, especially in America, there's such like a disconnect between like they, it's like, oh, this is a culture thing, and this is part of my personality. This is how my family is raised. Like, just, just, just say you're a shitty person. Just say you shit. <laughs> like, you're, you're real bad. You're bad at people. You're bad at <laughs> all that shit. You just, probably don't have a passport. You probably don't have any friends. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to generalize, but yes, I want to generalize. <laughs> if you're if you're a, a racist, you're probably not smart. We're that's saying a, we're saying ballsy stuff on podcasts. Right? We're, a, we're, we're, we're saying we're saying racists are bad. Wow. No other podcast is doing that. 
groundbreaking. But like I said, once once my service dog for racism gets approved, I, th I think we're going to get the company off the ground. So I don't know. I think um, we kind of got to shy away from not going after disabilities on the podcast because once we make racism a disability, we have to be equal opportunity. We have to just go after all the disabilities. <laughs> Colorblind's an easy one. They're still pretty much able-bodied. What's, what's, what's like a disability where you're like, all right, they can probably get a parking space, but not much else. What do you got? Really Where's good. your dig against, against disabilities? Which one? I mean... The anxiety one's like low-hanging fruit. Like there's there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it's a medical condition. I have to take medicine for it. And there's other people like, well, I didn't want to come to work today. I have anxiety. And you're like, all right, well, I don't I don't want to either. Well, I don't know, Ryan. What if I have a lot of anxiety walking through the parking lot? So that's why I need to park right in front of the store. That might be why you need the dog, but not the park. The parking space is like an exercise thing. It's like a if you have a wheelchair, yeah, you need a parking space. Yeah, what constitutes what what is the threshold for you know getting uh That's like a physical disability. disability. It's physical disability. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no, no other one. Like, it can, it can be like, all right, well, we need to park up front. My son is very autistic. <laughs> That's not how that works at all. Huh. I mean, there's there's like people with like learning disabilities. There's people with like behavioral problems. But none of them are like, all right, well, because because my kid is bad in crowds, we have to be right near the window. That, that's not how that works. Hey, you know what? A lawyer could make that argument. You know, if you're a lawyer, you can make any argument. Well, what's the difference between that parking space and one like 30 feet away, whatever? Well, it's you know. You've never had a kid with autism. You know, maybe the kid... Uh, I'm fairly certain that I'm... You want to be in and out. Yeah, I'm, be, be in <laughs> I'm fairly certain that I'm the kid. <laughs> we should be asking my parents this question. <laughs> like, I, I think that's what it is. But yeah, what were we doing last? We were, we were doing... The inventions are shitty. Well, I, I think I just want the inventions to, like, hold us over until we can just pump up other people's inventions. That's why, once again, I got to say that this podcast is brought to you by Skechers Shape Ups. The shoe that really, really helps you tone that butt. Really, really helps you get in there. Listen, I know you're a middle-aged woman now. You're going through some tough times. That's what our podcast is for. We're mostly pandering to middle-aged women. It's our largest viewership is uh, women in their uh, 40s and 50s. It's what we always say. Buy MILFs for MILFs. FUBU. <laughs> no, that, that's wrong. But um, like I said, you're, you're going through some tough times. You're, you're a serial cheating husband. As, I mean, just 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 dump the guy at this point. I mean, it's getting real sad. Three episodes in a row now. You don't need him. You don't need him. You need shape-ups. You need shape-ups to get your groove back. Stella needs to get her groove back. You need to feel good, look good. Look good, Stella. You need to be in excruciating pain after a few yeah, months. I need femur fractures. You need to not sue Skechers. You know what happens? You listen, listen. be cool about it. If you use Skechers shape-ups and you get your feet fucked up, so much that you can't walk. Guess what you just earned? The handicapped parking space. Boom. Back in action. What's that? Priority seating. And you know what? All these people, all these people who are having like those pains because of the, the Skechers shape-ups, maybe they deserved it. Maybe they were bad people. Guess who doesn't get handicapped parking space? The girl your husband is cheating on you with. Come on. It's circular. Cyclical. We're doing it. <laughs> Skechers shape-ups. Get that butt going. You have a bodacious booty and a new parking space in six to seven months. So I, like oh. I said, I think it, it sells itself, really. I don't know why we have to use it as a sponsor three times in a row. I mean, they're not paying us anything. They don't exist anymore. I've never even worn a pair myself. I don't know if they make them for men. I am, uh, I'm proud to say that we, we will champion their cause until they sue us. No, we're going to resurrect them. They're going to come back. <laughs> come back. We're going to be the, the poster boys for... Uh, do you have any other, do you have any other fake sponsorships you want to go with? Mm -hmm. Brought to you by fucking Forks this week. Fuck spoons. Forks are the working man spoon. Yeah, you do You got to work with the forks. You know, you ever try to eat rice with a fork? You ever try to eat soup with a fork? That's that's a lot of that's, work. That's brain power. That is like whisking your eggs. That's like a Chuck Norris feat. Remember all those like Chuck Norris jokes? Where they're like, oh man, Chuck Norris is so strong, he can punch you in the face with his foot. Like, like great stuff. But I mean, I don't know. We, like I said, we need sponsors. We need uh, just a, lo a lot of help. Professional help, psychological help, financial help. This is a great problem. This podcast is also brought to you by <laughs> my phone ringing when I don't want it to ring. Hang on, this is what I get. You ever get those like phantom like phone vibrations and watch vibrations and stuff? And you think it's ringing and it's not fucking ringing? Yeah. I've got that. So they, they say it affects like 9 out of 10 people who have phones now. 
We're just imagining that. that well, it's, it's happening so much that you're constantly expecting it so much that if you go a few minutes without it and you have the expectation, tell me it's a phantom vibration. There's like a, they did a study about like separating people from their phones and they feel a lot of anxiety. I believe it. I mean, like I'm always on my phone for work purposes and everything. And it's like, if I don't have my phone, I feel, feel like I'm, I'm off guard. I'm lacking. So I think it was Elon Musk. He was talking about, um, eventually they're going to try to put like microchips in us or some type of, uh, computer augmented, uh, machine to go either in our brains or somewhere in our body to like help us with everyday life and there's like a lot of like blowback to that and he was saying stuff like well we kind of already have that now we have phones that aside from being like literally like surgically attached to us they're with us every day we're holding them constantly they're always in our hand we feel a sense of loss when we don't have them for a couple minutes it's like a it's, it's it's kind of it's already here like this big like like tech revolution where it's so integrated like some, some people like if they lose their phone at work like they're going home they're leaving yeah, work you can put down a phone you know and you know you can always have the twist to be like hey i don't want to use the phone anymore i want to get a flip phone to make phone calls some people, can't, some people are like like fucked like if, if like if they lose their phone they have to buy a new one on that day or they have to like, I mean yeah it depends on your job you know certain jobs you really need a smartphone well your but, job people are into like social media people are it's what, a serious thing now when I become when I retire you know I don't want to be on my phone all would day. you ever get one of those phone. would you ever get one of those microchips in your hand or something like that to like no, fuck that. open doors to I work be, I don't want to be a cyborg <laughs> to like track I, you I want to have a razor flip phone to get make off phone the calls. grid bro if I want to use a computer, I will go on a computer. But no, nah, I don't want to be, you know, augmented with uh, futuristic technology and become like a cyborg or something. Alex did his uh, running 100 days in a row program, and now he's a samurai. He doesn't need technology anymore. I don't need technology. Whenever he makes an Instagram post, he only drafts it for 25 minutes, and then he posts it. And he doesn't even need to look at the likes and stuff afterwards because he can convert pounds to kilograms and miles to kilometers. And he's a renaissance man now, right? It's called math. It's called math that he looked up twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing it, man. I'm losing it. I'm trying to get myself back together at work, trying to get back on schedule everything. So I'm trying to, like I said, we're trying to monetize every aspect of my life, trying to make money, trying to do creative shit. But we can't do that until we have a feature film. And for that, I'm going to need Alex's help because we're doing movie pitches again. But I'm just going to throw you a curveball through all these and I'm going to see how many you can knock out the park. Ready? So the first town, first one, you remember the uh, Jonestown massacre? Like the, yeah. The mass suicide? You're doing that, but I want you to pitch it for me as a romantic comedy. Wait, the Jonestown? Tell me about the Jonestown So massacre. the Jonestown massacre was this guy, Jim Jones. He was from America, but he had he developed a cult of like, I think it was almost like a Is thousand Is this people. the Kool-Aid story? This was one of them. Yeah, there's, there's a couple, but this is the one, the big one. Where it was like 963 people. Where everybody drank the Kool-Aid and died. There was like a mass suicide once. Like, like almost a thousand people killed themselves at the same time. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So take that whole story and I want you to make it like a rom-com for me. All right. Uh, give me curveballs. So we got, we make it hard like, for you. Um, so you get the, uh, the cult leader is uh, Zach Afron. He's okay. A funny guy. Funny guy. You know, and uh, he's charming. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's going to have his love interest, uh, which is uh, Sarah Chalk. You know, we're going to really do all Scrubs. Uh, she's the blonde lady from Scrubs. How old is she? Jesus Christ. So, so we're going to do that. That's right? a deep pull. And he's going to be like... He's supposed to be a charismatic, charismatic cult leader. Cult leader. He's got to be getting hot blondes. And yeah, she's she's blonde. She's and, like a hundred um, though. She's so old. How old is she? I, I don't know. I'm sure she still looks good, but Zach Efron's like what, like 25, some shit like that. Wait, how old is? No, Zach Braff actually. That was the <laughs> we're just reuniting the Scrubs cast. We're reuniting Scrubs. So. <laughs> Jones, Zach Braff. Okay, I'm back on board. Zach Braff. Um, he's um he's a cult leader, you know, and like he's a uh, he's a wacky zany funny guy and uh, charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing you a little bit. <laughs> I need more substance. And he, he, his love interest is a Sarah Chalk. And uh, you have a plot, you know, your your standard you know, regurgitated rom-com plot. And uh, at the end... You're phoning it in. You're phoning it in. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little... At the end, he says, you know, like, 
we don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. You know, I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. And then we have a little Spartacus moment. And then she's like, wait a minute, what? Drink the Kool-Aid? And he says, no, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, and she drinks okay. the Kool-Aid and okay. everybody drinks the Kool-Aid. Okay. And he does it too. So he's the leader of the cult? Uh, yeah, he's the cult leader. All right, I have a little spin on it for you. So instead of him being the cult leader, he's just one of the followers. So he's following, I guess, the real I cult like leader. And relatable. he meets this girl as like another follower. So they're they're praying together every day or whatever they did at the cult. They're like learning the new utopian way of life. And he meets this girl. He's having a great time. He's like, you know what? We should go out on a date. And she's like, you know what? We should. We keep running into each other. We're wearing the same clothes. We're doing everything together anyways. We might as well try to enjoy it. So they go out to a little cafe. I mean, Jonestown's not small, but I mean, it's not very big either. So there's not a lot of places to go, but they have a little cafe set up. And he goes, uh, waiter, you know, I think I'll have an espresso and the lovely lady will have a, have a cappuccino. And they're like, sorry, all we got today is Kool-Aid for some reason. They're like, oh, no. They're like, what? We only have Kool-Aid? I thought this was a cafe. He's like, yep, sorry. So rules from up top. Jim Jones, he's saying we got to just, uh, we're switching everybody to Kool-Aid just for the day. He's like, oh, that's so fun. They're like having it like, oh, this will be a story we tell later. Little did they know that was the last drink that they'll ever drink. So instead of this whole little meat cute kind of uh, flirtatious date, they're like, does this Kool-Aid taste a little weird to you? She's like, no. You know, let me try yours. They have a sip of each other's. They're taking pictures for Instagram. Boom, lights out. Credits. Boom, we got it. You know what? We could we could make this story have a positive ending, you know? We can have them be like, hey, you know, we're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. And then they both go against the cult. And the moral of the story is don't conform to, you know, you, you could be a free thinker and then you find another free thinker. And in this context, being a free thinker is not following the cult. Well, I feel like every person in like a romantic comedy, it's like, she's a hard business lady who loves business. And he's a, he's a, he's a regular man who loves working on the field. But it's really just they're both two like klutzy people who keep like tripping and falling on each other. Like, oh my god, I keep seeing you everywhere. And they're all they all come off so like stupid all the time. Anytime there's a problem, they don't talk about it. They just run away until someone follows them to an airport. Like, listen, baby, I love you. Like, there's no way to. No one has a cell phone in any of those movies. No one can actually talk to each other. It's a lot of just weird confrontations and arguments. And like, you looked at her the wrong way. Oh my god, I mean, she doesn't love me. Like, it's so much bullshit like that. So I feel like for something like a Jonestown type thing, it's really feeling each other. They're getting into it. They're sipping the Kool Aid quote-unquote, and once they do it, they're, they're fucked. They're just dead, and maybe they meet each other in heaven if there's some type of weird Jonestown afterlife, but we'll find out. So I don't know. I think that's a good start. What else we got here? I got another curveball for you. All right, we're going to do COVID-19, the musical. What is the first number? <laughs> Give me that one. It's just the flu. It's just the flu. That's terrible. It's, that's... Just, it's just, <laughs> just everybody singing about how it's just the flu and it's not a big deal, and then, and then like, the, the musical numbers progressively get more pessimistic. You know, it's like, oh, shit, it's not the flu. People so I think, I think it starts off as like a big production. Like the first song is like really a beat and everything's going great. Everything's fine. And the stage is completely full of people and they're all dancing in a circle and holding hands and high five and hugging and kissing and all this stuff. And then the second song, it takes a little like, oh, something's weird going on. And then every song after that, there's less and less people until the last song. Just one dude like, yeah, we should have worn fucking masks or something. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, I think, I think that's a, that's an idea with likes. Mm -hmm. That's a good, uh. It's a good musical idea. Here's one I was kind of excited about, and it might be a little little dicey, but I think we can kind of roll with it. Um, making a regular like buddy cop movie, think of like a Lethal Weapon or like fucking I don't know, any, 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 anything with with two cops in it to learn how to like each other. They don't get along, but it only takes place during like police protests. Oh god! So they go, oh, this guy's a by the book, straight edge dude who's just trying to get the case going and figure it out. And this dude, he's a plays by his own rules type, and he doesn't take no for an answer. But one thing they have in common is they're both really bad with tear gas canisters and they keep dropping them everywhere. Like, oh, shit. Uh. And then they uncover um, some type of weird uh, heist conspiracy or something. And they're like, they have to stop a bank robbery in the midst of just every other store getting looted in the area. <laughs> they just want to defend one store. 
like fucking jewelry stores is getting run through fucking targets getting taken out walmart's getting taken out but they're like you know what we have to defend this 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 female footlocker we got we gotta save it <laughs> so like the whole movie just carnage is going on in the background and they're just kind of like not acknowledging it they're just like we don't really get along together can i get a different partner like just like tongue in cheek like stupid shit like that and just just the whole world is just fucking oblivious to what they're just arguing about the entire time so people are shouting like case law at them and like having just these really like just passionate speeches about what's going on in the political climate and they're like i don't like the way he takes his coffee like, like stupid shit like that and it's all for the shoes yeah they need to protect the shoes yeah and we're not getting into any weird like stereotype territory this is just for like lady footlocker women's shoes which leads me to tie this in they're really just trying to defend the sketcher shape-ups that's how we get the brand deal we're gonna have a little product placement but we're, we're, i'm telling you we're turning this franchise around all right the next one what we got here um this one is the think about any martin luther king movie that you've seen like selma like any 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 civil rights 50s movie with uh martin luther king but now it's a horror movie for like racist white people <laughs> so they're just like oh my god this guy wants to be equal uh they just start freaking out just just Fears that are just not legitimate for them at all. In and a world just, where black people and white people can drink from the same water fountain. It's like, oh my god! Like just in a world terrified where you can't be racist. Yeah, <laughs> the guy goes to like a fucking like a soda parlor and sits down at the fucking the, the the little counter there, and he turns to the left. Oh my god! <laughs> that guy doesn't look exactly like me. What the fuck? <laughs> just panicking. Like he's he, he keeps like moving to other states. He's like, they're in this state too. They're in this state too. <laughs> and it, I mean, like I said, that one can get a little dicey too, but. I mean, we, we, we got to really play up <laughs> the satire at some point. <laughs> just, just like, completely non-legitimate fear. Like, every, every, every like, black guy in the movie is, like, completely law-abiding, no problem at all, just, like, trying to, like, catch the bus to work. He's like, he's following my bus. I'm like, no, no, no. He's, he works in the building next to you, man. Just relax. He's like, oh, my God, he knows where I work. But like I said, I think uh, I think we can do a lot of that. Um, do you know who uh, John Wayne Gacy is? Who's that guy? He's, like, a serial killer who, like, dressed up, like, as a clown. And he was known as like the clown killer or whatever. Uh, I think he killed like a bunch of kids or something like that. We're going to rebrand him. Complete rework from the ground up. He's going to be, it's going to be a children's animated movie about a clown who just like, a little clumsy. Whoop! I fell with the knife. Whoops! sorry about that. And he just accidentally, I mean, we, we can maybe show the killing like off screen or something like that. But every scene has different kids in it. So there's no like recurring character that's a child. So he's, he's the focus. He's the focal point. So what does he kill people through incompetence? Or is he like actual murder? So the murderer? him him the actual murder. He's like a terrible human being, and he would like fucking abduct people and kill people and stuff like that. And he'd always dress up like a clown and everything like that. But the movie version, he's just a regular clown, but he's very clumsy. He's always holding a knife somehow. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, whoa! He slipped on a banana peel, stabbed this girl in the face, like stuff like that. I think we can work okay, with that. That's that's a that's a lighthearted film. So I would say we could get Pixar to animate that one. Maybe DreamWorks. DreamWorks did uh, Shrek, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we get the Shrek people behind it. Where are we at here? Okay, okay. This one is kind of a hard sell. Not for offensive sake, but more so as a, a way to kind of kind of structure the story around it. So think of like a uh, Nigerian prince scam or like an Indian telemarketer scam, but all their crimes are just framed as like a big heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven. Like we got a whole team here. We got Raj who calls the people up. We got Mr. Patel who tells this guy that he's wanted by the IRS as if that's really a thing. We got all these people together and we're just going to swindle this old woman out of her retirement. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I think we can, I can work with that a little bit or we can get like a, just people like answering those like scam emails and they're like, well, I'm sorry. My grandson told me I shouldn't answer this, but it looks like you really need the money. And then they're like, we got him. <laughs> Move out. Get the fuck out of here. We need to have like a dialogue where they're like, what are you going to do with your cut? And their cut is like, you know, 200 bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with your 200 bucks? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send my kids to college. Like, Jesus, we got to really help out some of these countries. <laughs>
But like I said, I like it. I'm on board with it. Um, a lot of this is part of a larger game that I've been playing since the first episode of the podcast. And I like to call it Offensive Chicken. It's where I try to like bait Alex into saying stuff that will incriminate him. And I haven't really been successful yet. I've mostly been stepping on my own toes and fucking myself up. But I'm going to get him one of these days. Uh, I don't think you are. I, I mean, like I said, all I can do is try. And <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm gaining ground a little bit. He came in today and he's like let's let's fucking take all the stops out we're gonna say some crazy stuff and I'm like you know what i'm on board i'm on board <laughs> i'm gonna shut the fuck up and i'm gonna let you do what you do and all right I'll, I'll say this is there anything you're trying to convey that you feel like might hurt like a job prospect just keep in mind we can edit this out at any time like anything like politically you don't want to touch or like any type of cultural movement or identity politics or some type of uh international relations that uh, it's quite a few oh yeah yeah please please elaborate uh, 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 alex is so reserved and I, I I can't stand it. I need I need to I need to go something out of him that will uh, really give me leverage in the friendship. Really just <laughs> really just turn the tables a little bit. Like I said, we we spent pretty much four episodes on this. We don't even really know what the podcast is going to be about. I think we got to just keep talking about conspiracies. We got to get. I think we just got to have Gislaine on the show. Yeah, is she going to be our first guest? We're going to have uh, we're going to have a prison interview, and we're going to go and we're going to be like, hey, uh, why don't you? Because it's not tell a conspiracy theory anymore. If she's that you're going to say, eventually. yeah, then we can get our podcast subpoenas. Uh, subpoenaed, uh, then it'll guarantee that someone will listen to it. Think about it like yeah, that. Yeah, our podcast becomes. We start evident. with we start with little to no fans. We end with fucking government increments. That's the goal. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I want to be. So it's settled. Uh, next week we're gonna have uh, Jalen <laughs> Maxwell. We're gonna we're gonna try to find her and have on the show. House interview. Who, who who are some of your guests that you want on the show? Uh, Who's a go to for you? It's a bunch, honestly. I've always uh, give me give me uh, a serious one from like an interviewer perspective, ass perspective, and then give me another one. Give me a serious one. There's this guy. Forgot his, his exact name, but there's a guy in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Now this guy was um, some Iranian immigrant to Sweden, okay. went to Thailand, who was uh, basically uh, didn't bribe the police in Thailand. You know, when he was uh, managing a bar or he owned a bar, and the police arrested him and they planted phony evidence on him. And uh, basically, long story short, he teaches himself Thai in Thai jail, and then he ends up freeing himself, and then he becomes a lawyer in Bangkok. And he helps Why are we talking about that movie? Who is that guy? That guy is amazing. I forgot his name, but he's, he's amazing. I've always wanted to interview him because, like, imagine teaching yourself a language in jail and freeing yourself. Fuck that. Becoming a lawyer, and then you become a lawyer to help other people like you. Like, I think that's so inspirational. Fuck all of that. That sounds like so much work. I didn't even <laughs> want to do the fucking the pentathlon or whatever it was in the last episode. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Oh my god. Just give me the 40 lashes or whatever they do in Thailand and let me go. God damn. Uh, right. What's the worst country to be in jail in? Um, Thailand's one of the worst I've heard. Um, also uh, in Central America, I think El Salvador might be really bad to go to jail. Uh, there's a lot of uh, countries with really bad well, The United States has like a huge prison population. There's a lot of uh, people that go to jail for like non-violent crimes. There's a lot of shitty places to go. But I think jail-wise, at least we have some type of standards I mean, I would, I'm not going to talk on my ass, but I think uh, I'd, I'd, I'd take us over a fucking El Salvador or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, I mean, U.S. does have standards. Uh, it's pretty... We have private prisons. We have private prisons. Our so prisons are sponsored like, by Nike. We have slave labor in our prisons. Our, uh, but we do have... Um, they make stuff in prisons around here. They make, like, license plates. They make... Yeah, uh, like paint and stuff with paint. Paint. Or... They make Skechers shape-ups. They make... Um, <laughs> yeah, Skechers shape-ups, yeah. <laughs> that could only Basically. be a prison shoe. <laughs> Skechers shape-ups. For when you want to uh, <laughs> kick your cellmate for being an asshole. When you, when you murder your maid because your husband cheated on you with your maid and yeah. in prison. Yes. Yes, we're on board now. I think we just have to go into that narrative where we just <laughs> just talk about her life. The lady who's getting cheated we, on. We, 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 need, we, need, we need a voice for the Gislaines of the world. 
This is, this is different just like, but I don't know. I think, uh, so I feel like Russia might be a bad place to go to jail in. Or, or, or like China, because I just never hear from those people again. I feel like jail is a bad place to go in general. No. Except like, you know, in Sweden. No. Or like the nice countries where you go to jail. Yeah, and like Sweden like and like Germany and, and Finland or whatever. And like it Norway. seems like, you know, rehabilitation. It's like a resort. Oh my God. I would love to go to it. It's like nicer than my apartment now. Yeah, I mean, like, U.S. jail, nah, I don't, I mean, it's pretty shitty, and there's other shitty places. I think I can rock with it, because, I mean, in, in here, with just the economy, there are people that will, like, commit crimes to go to jail, because they don't want to be poor, and, like, homeless. Like, three cots in a cot. American dream. Yeah, man. If you went to jail today, what would it be for? Uh, I don't know, why, why, why would I go to jail? <laughs> why would you go to jail? Um, like I said, what, what's a fake crime that you would be caught doing, or try to get away with and not get away with? Telephone scamming. Telephone scamming? And you go to jail for that? Yeah, I think you just get like sued or something. And you go to jail for telephone scamming if you're like a, a scam artist? Well, I think most of them are in other countries. I don't even know how to catch them anyways, right? Yeah. No, but I mean like what if you're an American telephone scammer? I think they just sue you and you're like, fuck you, dude. And here, take, give us all our money back. I don't know. Huh. It's got to be some type of fraud or something, but I always wanted to do like a, some crazy like heist. Like I said, like I love all those like Ocean's Eleven type movies, all those fucking, you ever see Den of Thieves? That was awesome. I, I haven't oh, seen Such a good movie. I, I, or The Town. No. You never saw The Town? The Town no. is like the pride of Boston. That's like the number one Boston Does movie. Does it take place in South Boston? It takes place in South, yeah. Okay. That's, so that's the movie, movie, the movie, the movie opens where it was, it was in some type of statistic. It's like between the year 1950 and 1995, whatever, uh, like 90% of all bank robberies happened in Boston. So some, some crazy statistic like that. And it's like, this, these are their stories. And it's like fucking uh, Ben Affleck. And just like a bunch of goons that he's like friends with growing up and they're just robbing banks the whole movie. And he runs into like a witness that he's trying to like shadow and make sure she doesn't like rat him out because she knows one of the guys by his tattoos. But he's like, oh, this girl's actually kind of hot. So he starts fucking her. And they're, they're like dating and stuff now. And he's like, well, I'm supposed to be like shadowing you because you're a, a witness to the robbery I committed. It's, it's like really stupid the way the plot is. But he's like, his friend finds out and he's like, yo, can you not fuck the witness in this like federal investigation that we're involved with? He's like, what? Leave me alone, boss. Blah. Like, I'm Boston, man. Like, he was, uh, he just, he just continued fucking her until like he got caught. And then, so always, wait, he's a bank robber and he's. Yeah, Ben Affleck and, and his friends are bank robbers. Shadowing the witness. So, yeah, so the first scene, he, him, him, him and all his, his buddies, they rob a bank and they're like roughing up one of the tellers. She, she's a bank teller. They're roughing up like her, the manager of the bank, some of like the customers. They open the safe. They know exactly how to do it. They're like really efficient. They're really good at bank robbers. But the one dude, he's wearing a mask and he leans over. And, he, and one of his tattoos peeks out and she sees it and they don't realize she saw it but they, they're they afraid that they're going to get caught so they kidnap her really briefly and they like drive her a couple blocks and they drop it off so they're going over stuff for the next job and they're like listen we're really hot right now we got to make sure we don't get caught for the last bank robbery we did so they give her uh, they, they, they tell the one dude like, alright she lives like fucking three blocks away from us that's not really good if she sees us in the street so just kind of shadow her follow her around make sure she's not talking to the feds so he like sees her at the laundromat and she's just like fucking shell shocked like devastated from like she was just was part of a bank robbery and kidnapping so she's like every time she sees like her, her work uniform with like a blood stain or an ink stain on it she's like oh my god and she's getting like ptsd so he's like hey what's the matter so we had let me uh we help you out and she's like uh i was in a bank robbery and he's like oh you don't say so he's like trying to play dumb for whatever reason like you know what i should start fucking this girl so he's like dating her and like going out with her and all this stuff it completely implodes obviously as per the movie so he, they're doing like other heists and stuff and they're like getting sloppier and sloppier with it so finally the last one they go to fucking fenway park where the red sox play and they're like, let's pretend to be cops. So they're breaking into like the safe room in, in the in stadium and taking all the money and all that stuff. And they start getting shot and like fucking picked off and all that stuff. And I don't know where I was going with this, but I want to be involved in a very Boston-esque fucking heist where I get to do costume changes and I get to have giant guns and I get to have a weird getaway car that looks like a different car. Is, is this with the purpose of going to jail? I'm saying you got to go to jail. It's got to be from something cool, right? Yeah. That's okay. what I'm trying to get out of you, motherfucker. So, so if you were to go to jail, you would go to jail for this? 
being cool. I want a crazy heist, yeah. If you gotta go. You might as well be for something cool. You're going for fucking telephone scamming? Come on. You gotta be creative. You gotta, you're going to jail no matter what. It's a, it's, that sounds like a lot of work. It's a fixed amount of time, right? Let's say you're going to jail for 10 years, no matter what the crime is. So if it's fucking jaywalking and you go to jail for 10 years for jaywalking, it's still 10 years. All right, if it's going to be 10 years, 10 right? years, you're going to jail for 10 years. You might as well, I, I get it. You know, you might as well have like a. You've got to steal a diamond. you got to steal something crazy. Yeah, you need to have like a amazing gangster lifestyle. Fucking for, tele, like, telemarketing 30 scam. years, and then, you know, the last 10 years, you go to jail, then you reform, and you, you become a real estate agent or something after that. No, this is what you do. There's a. Uh, what's the other movie? I don't know any fucking movie's names. You got to make a big, big heist, or you get like a big diamond or a big set of unmarked bills. And right before you get caught, you stash it somewhere. And you stash it in the fucking, I don't know, in, 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 under a rock behind a dumpster at fucking 7-Eleven. But you go to jail for 10 years. And when you come out, that whole parking lot is gone and the 7-Eleven's gone. And they put up a school. And now it's a fucking elementary school. So now you have to apply as a teacher. And you oh, go in and you're a substitute okay. teacher. And while you're there, All you have right. to find the money. Because it's been buried somewhere in the foundation. So every day, like, well, maybe I should have applied to be a janitor. They get to go in the basement. I have no reason to be in the basement. I'm a teacher. And then you meet this other teacher. Oh, no, it's a school nurse, and she's kind of hot, but she's, like, a little wary of you. She's like, oh, I don't know about this one. And you're, like, getting close to her, but you're, the, the principal's suspicious. I don't know why he would hire you, but he's like, I don't know about this one. He's, he looks a little, a little bit like a like a bank robber. And you're like, oh, shut up. Huh? Anyway, where's the basement? You go down the basement. You get the girl. You do terrible things to her. You find the money. You get out of there. Boom. There's your Sets you off for the sequel. You're good. And you did 10 years for a good reason because now you, get, now you got that money. And you were talking about telephone scamming and stuff like that. Tell you, if you gotta go, it's gotta be something good. That's a, that's a cool idea for a movie, you know. You gotta. I think I just copied like four, five movies when I said that. Probably, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's been done a lot. Yeah. I think, uh, like I said, I'm on, I'm on board with it. I'm on board with it. What do you think? What do you think for this one? Mm, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, we did a little conspiracy theories. We did a little talking out of our ass. We were a little put of putting Alex on the spot. We we're a little complaining. I think this a this might be a cat for this one. What do you think, man? I'm good with it. Yeah, I feel good about it. I think. Uh, I'm pretty drained. I'm pretty pretty done. Um, all right, all right. Wait before before we go. Before we go. All right, we're we're gonna do an easy one. Have you ever seen the Cars franchise? Cars the movie. Cars the movie. I've never seen it. They're talking cars. Not too much. To I, get. I I get I get the premise. I've mm -hmm. been on the Cars ride in Disneyland, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen the movie. What if I told you? Boats. Boats. That's a wrap, folks. I'll see you later. <laughs> Chew on that one while we're gone. <laughs> Sketch your shape ups. See you later. I defeated you once, and I shall do it again! No, Magneto, I let you in before, in order to learn your plan, to trap you. But now the victory belongs to the Fantastic Four. Fool! Have you forgotten my invincible magnetic power? No mere weapon can stop me. With but a gesture, I can destroy it, or turn it against you. Behold, I'll make it leap from your hand, and make you its target. Now! Not this time, Magneto. This time I'm fighting for real. It's impossible. It cannot be. Nothing can defy my magnetic power. The Fantastic Four can. You're finished, Magneto. Surrender. You have no other choice. Why? Why will the gun not obey me? My power is gone. I, I'm helpless. Magnetism? It was my greatest weapon. And without it, I am lost. It's over, Magneto. You're having a chance. I surrender. I give up anything, anything. Without my power, I cannot fight. Then the battle is ended. The signal. Orders from the Fantastic Four. Close in. Take Magneto prisoner. Here come the police. You won't be lonely much longer. Okay, Richards. We'll take care of him now. First, tell me, how did you do it? 
How did you take away my power? I didn't, Magneto. I merely tricked you. You lie. I couldn't control your gun. You made me lose my magnetism. You're wrong. I just guessed that you'd overlook one simple thing. Your magnetic power only works on metal, like all magnets. But my gun isn't real. I made it out of wood, specially to fool you. Wood? A wooden gun? That's why your power didn't work. And it's why you're a prisoner of the police now. Take him away, men. A wooden gun. He tricked me with a wooden gun. 